a new jacket and yes these are my real shoulders oh, oh. <laughs> oh. that's what happens um you guys feeling good thank you i've asked a lot of you already i understand um i don't know why i'm here you guys ready for your next comic coming to the stage awesome fuck yes uh, your next comic on the stage is such a gem. He's such a goddamn treat he's a delight he always sits in the audience which bothers me but he's here and um then you have to do that. <laughs> you guys, this comic is, he kills it all around town. He's a crusher, and he is also part of the family hosting the open mic that follows this um, uh, once a month. You guys, so excited. You're going to lose your minds right now for the very talented Steve Magnuson! <laughs> It's the ADA rules. I gotta go to the step to get onto the stage. I gotta walk around to the step. <laughs> Folks, this uh, tonight's show is getting recorded, and I like to record myself a lot when I do comedy. I like to tape myself all the time. Taping is a good way to listen back and improve, but uh, taping yourself is also a great way. Not many people know this. Taping yourself is a great way to remove cat hair from all your dark clothing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Very good way to do that. Like, uh, you know, we're, it's going to be on the digital format, this show. I'm very happy to be on the digital format. Let's give it up for all the ones in the digital format. Right? One people? Anyone? Let's give it up for all the zeros, huh? Zero crowd. I knew that. When, when I'm at work, I work on the phone a lot, and sometimes I get this message on the phone that says... It says, you have reached a recording that has been, uh, you have reached a number that has been disconnected. Please check your listing and try again. This is a recording. And I don't like listening to that. I don't like hearing that because it's a total mind fuck. Because why is a recording telling me that it's a recording? Because I know when they made that recording, it was made live. So when it was recorded and she was saying, she was saying this is a recording, she was lying. She has no credibility. <laughs> so when I hear that and it says, this is a recording, I'm always on the phone like, no, it's not. Click. <laughs> messing with me. Messing with me. I'm a really tall person. And so being tall, being tall, just I'm a bigger person. I have more cells. I have, I have more cells. And think about it that way, though. I have more cells. That's, that really sucks. You don't ha want to have very many cells because you just bought yourself more tickets to the cancer lottery. More chances to go wrong. Yeah, it's exponential. Uh, when, uh, oh, a lot of messed up stuff is happening in comedy. So much messed up stuff. Like this comic, this comic from the 80s. 
he's going to prison. Like this really hacky comic, he's going to prison for the rest of his life. He's going to have no freedom. This hacky comic is going to prison. Oh, wait, I mean, he's getting married. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right, folks? Getting married. Hmm. Yeah. I got the new Google app. I got Google app on my phone, and I hate, I hate the Google app. I visited Fred Meyer, you know, did my shop, did my shopping, and then like an hour later, Google the Google app pops up, and it says, "Steve, Fred Meyer, does this location have free Wi-Fi? Does this location have a public restroom?" And I'm like, "Fuck you, Google! I'm not a snitch. I'm for humankind. You know, I'm not gonna tell Google what everything is. We're not gonna." T- you can count on me never to tell the, the freaking Google overlords where the free Wi-Fi is or the, where the restroom is. If Google walked into your store and Google asked you, like, where's the restroom? You say, no, get out of here, Google. No Google served here. I wrote all these, these jokes in Microsoft Paint. I... No, I did. I got out Microsoft Paint. I wrote all these jokes in it. Uh, because all these all these bits are going on the map, right? Oh yeah. My brother uh, Thomas Magnuson, giving me a giving me a heckle up here. He's holding a phone up to his mouth right now. He's recording his own podcast. It's like a companion heckle podcast. You sync it up, though. There's like a li- listen for the tone at the beginning of this track to hear when to start my brother's podcast to sync it up real nice. Works real nice. I grew up in Tigard, Oregon. <laughs> grew up in Tigard, Oregon. And the toughest thing that ever happened to me in Tigard, Oregon is I signed up. I was in intramural soccer. Played intramural soccer. I slide tackle the kid. That's against the rules. My parents gave me a pocket knife for Christmas. I opened it. Twice. Uh, I ate dinner. One day I ate dinner with my parents. I was eating dinner with my parents. And I just fucking went wild. And I ate my dinner real fast. And I didn't even check in with how my day was. I went downstairs. Got him. I went to the coast this... uh, Went to the coast this, this uh, I don't know, last week. One comedy length ago. I went one comedy length ago. And there was this resort there on the coast. It's called The Ravens. And it's a themed resort. They have a raven cage out front. And it's really creepy. It's like, ravens belong in poems. They don't belong there. You know, you, you, you stay there and they're like, we invite all of our guests to write their nightmares in the guest book. <laughs> Share your nightmares. And I looked at these ravens all outside, and I'm like, that is so raven. That is too raven. Too raven. Portland is a big breakfast city. Important breakfast city. Brunch city. People wait hours for breakfast. There's this place called the Waffle Window. Waffle Window is like, if you like restaurants, but you hate all the comfort. And... So... I, I know someone from the Waffle Window family. Somebody, the young, youngest daughter of the Waffle Window family was getting married. And I was invited to the wedding. So I went out to the countryside, the Waffle Window estate. And uh, off to the side, there was this old barn with a window on it. And I thought, is that the original Waffle Window right here? 
and I and I look inside, and sure enough, there's this matronly figure in there. I'm like, oh my god, the fir- that's the person who made the first waffle. That's the that's like the grandma. That's like the wa- she's the waffle when dawn, you know. And it is this the day her daughter is to be wed. And I'm, I can order any waffle I want. So I walk up there and I say, oh great and wonderful waffle when dawn. Can I have a whole wheat waffle with agave nectar, please? I'm healthy. She's, and she says, you come to me. You come to me, a specialist of confectionery waffles, and you order a healthy waffle. My friend, if you had ordered gravy on that waffle, you'd have that waffle this very day. But very well, it is this the day my daughter is to be wed. We will make you your waffle. But there will come a time. There will come a time when your waffle is ready and we will call your name very loudly. And you must come get the waffle. Go make the waffle. You heard the lady, get some wheat, get some stones. Let's stone ground the shit out of some wheat. So uh, we're at the end and it's being recorded. So press one to save the recording. Press two if you would like to listen to the set again. Press three to re-record the set. Good night, everybody. One more time for Steve Magnuson. One time I went to the waffle window on Hawthorne and uh, it was raining outside and this woman comes running around the corner. Like Everyone's waiting in line in this window for a waffle. This woman comes running around the corner and she's like, I just need a waffle! Everyone's like, chill. And then, and the guy, the one who was so cool about it, was like calm as a cucumber and he's like, all right, what kind of waffle can I get for you? And she was, just a waffle! He's like, sweet, uh, one plain waffle. Spreads it up, gives it to her, and she looks at it. And then, no joke, in that exact moment, it started downpour raining, and she just like looks up, drops the waffle, and she goes, you know what, never mind. And then walks away from the window that was giving her the one thing that she wanted. I was like, Portland, man. <laughs> so weird. Uh, your next comic coming to stage is not from Portland, actually resides in Seattle, but is here for us right now. Also is on this uh, poster banner that you see behind me. The River City Podcast Federation has a podcast called Wake and Baking. You guys give a warm welcome for the very, very hilarious Natalie Holt! Wow, thank you. Ooh, what a beautiful crowd they get at the Oscars, right? (laughs) Movie stars better than all of us, you know? (laughs) Just hated on you? (laughs) Yeah. Feels good to be in Portland. It's been a weird month. My period's like 10 days late. Yeah. Oh shit, it's right. (laughs) Correct. I don't want to have to do it. I don't want to have to have that conversation where I have to be like, so listen, I was pregnant, you know? (laughs) It's an abortion joke, yeah. Don't worry, though. I'm not one of those lady comics who only does jokes about things that are legal for now. (laughs) 
I think I, I had to travel. I think that's what messed up. I had to go to the home country. And for me, that's Florida. A uh, very lovely place. State sport is running back to make sure your parents tipped. So <laughs> get a lot of motion. I had to take a red eye because that's what you always take when you get high to fly. <laughs> Just get friggin' blaze. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's... I think it's fun to fly high on a plane because it's fun to do most stuff high. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... It doesn't make it more scary. I'm not scared of anything. Well, I'm scared of the one thing I'm always scared of when I fly, which is in the event of a crash, my seatmate might sexually reject me. Because, <laughs> like, I know how I want to spend the last, like, couple minutes of my life, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't kill you to lower your standards, so... If you're going down, try going down. Just go for it. <laughs> I don't know. You never thought about it? What are you going to do? Just like text? <laughs> it won't bring them any comfort. Do you? <laughs> I love it. I had, okay, it's kind of a sad reason I had to go back. I did have to go back. It was my grandfather's funeral because Florida is not just God's waiting room. It is also where God will see you now. So I went back. But it's nice to see my family, even in a sad occasion. I got to see my, my beautiful, my nieces and nephews, all being raised Catholic. So they all have really weird ideas about everything. My niece, uh, my sister was pregnant. My niece said to me, she has a baby in her belly like I was in my mom's. And before that, I was in heaven. And I was like, can we double check that? <laughs> Did I miss the part of the Bible where we all like pregame in heaven? <laughs> Heaven's like a bar, you're just like, I'm gonna pop out for a life. They're like, cool. <laughs> Don't bring your drink outside or start a fight. You can't come back in. And we were at the funeral, and if you've never been to a Catholic Mass, there's a part in a Catholic Mass where they lift up a goblet of um, wine and during that my other niece she leans over and she goes so um is grandpa in the potion <laughs> what Hogwarts crazy nonsense is that what <laughs> where are you getting these insane ideas no that is God's blood we're gonna line up and drink it so <laughs> quit talking nonsense <laughs> I, I, well, there in Florida, because everything is an amusement park in Florida. There's just a warehouse you can pay a cover, and you go in, and there are bouncy houses and moonwalks as far as the eye can see. Uh, it's very nice. Don't have to wait for the middle class kid of a birthday. You can just go for it, go for broke. I took my nephew there, and he got in trouble because he was climbing all over everything. And you're not supposed to. Got yelled at. He plopped down and just pouted. And he pouted for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm paying for this. You need to get up and have fun. So I went over, checked on him. I was like, what's going on, buddy? And he looks at me and he goes, I want everyone to see how sad I am so they won't have any fun. <laughs> I love that. I was like, you know, you can't. We would never get anything done if that's how this worked. Do you know how many sad people I ignore every day? <laughs> 
sometimes it's me. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm just like, not today, you piece of shit. (laughs) Don't have time for that. (laughs) Keep it moving. I do. I love my family. They're... Everyone's family's a little wild. My mom got me this beautiful gift. She got me this charm bracelet. It has a microphone on it because I do stand-up comedy. And a cat on it because I love cats. And a guardian angel because we'll never understand each other. So... (laughs) It's a beautiful gift. It's nice. I I didn't date uh, high school guys in high school. And, well, it continues to this day. I still... Still do not. Uh, No, thank you. Not middle school. I don't like where your head's at, actually. I was about to be like, I like where your head's at. And I was like, no, I don't. Someone call the police, please. I, high school guys were just so immature, you know, right? Unlike the grown men who wanted to date a teenager. I was like, my boyfriend's practically a lawyer. He, like, knows a lot about the age of consent. (laughs) So. One of these cool winners got me his favorite book because he thought I would like to read it. uh, And it was Where the Red Fern Grows. If you've never read it, it is about a backcountry boy and his two hunting dogs. And the recommended reading age is eight. (laughs) So when your adult boyfriend gives you that gift, it really makes you be like, who's the statutory rapist in this relationship, you know? <laughs> it was still him, don't worry, don't worry. I just have bad self-esteem, I had bad self-esteem, I didn't know what I was doing, so I just, like, it's fine now, it's gotten better. Now, sometimes, okay, the one thing I do do is when I go get a haircut and they put the cape on and I get to see what I'd look like is just a head, I'm like, yes, <laughs> like... This solves all my body image issues. Let's do it, Ellen. (laughs) Everything below the neck. But I do okay now. I like to think I have the easy confidence of a woman who will start an abortion debate at this baby shower, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm not going to bring it up, but I'm going to defend my position. Thank you so much. Control yourself. Let's welcome back Joanne. Your next comic coming to the stage. So excited that he's here. Uh, kills it all around town. Has a show Mondays at uh, Billiards. Check it out tomorrow. Please do in Southeast. You guys, give a warm welcome for the very, very, very hilarious Mr. Tony C. Give it up for Joanne. And this fucking awesome show. It's fantastic. Oh, the helpful people left. That's too bad. It's spring. We made it. We fucking survived another winter. Doesn't it feel good to see like days like today? I came outside this morning. I live across the street from a school, which makes me feel old on the regular because I have to tell kids to get off my porch and shit. But I came out today and I caught them. They were tipping over the porta potty, which is kind of the traditional first event of spring for me. And I come out, and three of them are pushing the thing over, and they stop. And I don't piece it together that they stopped because I'm the adult. <laughs> and I'd caught them. I was just like, and? You guys got this. What's the problem? <laughs> As they start coming over, they run off. I was like, 
oh, you're going to make me do this by myself. You got to slosh it. You can't just like all be three on the same side. You got to use that blue stuff. Get it moving. Use that little pause. And then as it went over, I heard a voice go, no! I was like, oh, shit, what am I teaching these kids? Can't do that. You can't do that. If someone's in there, you got to go door down. Oh. So they can't get out. That's how you smurf them. That's how Papa smurfs. Okay. It is spring. I took the plastic off my windows today. Anyone, it feels so good. That, it feels like victory to just rip that plastic down and throw them open and just release November's farts. It makes sense why there's songs about the spring breeze and the summer wind, but not the winter litter box. You know, it's like, it's a little stagnant in the old apartment, but off it goes. I don't know. Today I solved a little mystery. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. This isn't a joke yet, but let's see where this goes. It's a podcast. <laughs> My cat has two litter boxes. It's just, it's not, I'm just lazy. You know, to me, that's simple math. Like, I empty it half as often. If I had one litter box, so I give her two. And then now she only uses one for one. And once she pees in one, she poops in the other. I wouldn't have asked her to do that. That wasn't in the job description. I didn't go into the pound and ask for one that's, like, trained, and I wouldn't have put the effort in. But now that she does it... <laughs> I notice when she fucks up and I come in, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? You know, like this is going on your part of me is a little like, honestly, I'm like a little concerned. I'm like, is she okay? Is she, is she upset? Like, this is my life. These are my problems. It's like, is my cat upset? She's using the wrong litter box. You feel me. But then I solved it this morning. I was in there with her and uh, she hops in sunbeam. She's pooping where mammals want to poop. The sunbeam. So I'm opening a detective agency now. I don't know. That's just, this is just, this is just my life as it happens. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I understand. I'm kind of fussy about how I poop, you know? Like, I work in an office building. It's pretty sweet. And all the bathrooms in the whole skyscraper, whatever, Skys Portland, the whole eight-story building... They're all two-seaters, and I know because I've looked. I've gone to every floor, and I'm like, i got to find a private suite, you know, so I can do my business and not... I just, I don't know, whatever. You feel me. It's, you don't like to poop next to people. So I actually go eight floors down across the street, eight floors up to a different building I don't work in where I found a bathroom where I can manage, but sometimes I don't have that option. So I'm in there the other day in a two-seater. Here's it. I don't know. I don't like... If you're going to make bathrooms two-seaters where people have to use them, have the decency to, as an architect, turn the toilets 90 degrees into more of like a goose and maverick configuration. <laughs> Doesn't that sound more fun? It's just like, now it's not like weird. You have a wingman. You can like go buzz the tower and start a little banter or something. Or I don't know. There's probably more tags from that, but I'm not going to watch Top Gun. It's not worth it. One of you's R2-D2, and one of you's Luke, and then you can make Star Wars references, like, that's no moon and shit like that, whatever. <laughs> it's the sound of a million voices going silent. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But I go in there, and I look over, and I recognize my boss's shoes, and I'm like, God damn it. Now I'm, I'm locked in. And so I was like, I'll wait him out. And here's... First off, my boss is like 25 years younger than me, which is awkward on its own thing. So he has like sweet kicks. 
and 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 I see this, and I don't. There's no non-gross way to go into. So here we are. We're just doing poop and litter box jokes all night tonight. But uh, he wipes his ass like 35 times. It just doesn't stop, and it's not. Here's what I, I, I just hear it, so it sounds like this. This is the, this is a normal normal one. That's what you expect. Here's what he's doing. And then again, and then again, and then again, to where you're just like, for the love of God, stop wiping your ass. <laughs> I'm like trembling. It's so upsetting because you can't not picture it. He's like, I mean, that's the, use that term to describe a sound. It's abrasive. That's what it is. It's abrasive. And you just hear this coming from over there. I don't want to picture my young coworker slash boss's asshole, but yet I don't want to have concern for it. Like, I'm genuinely worried about, you're not feeling this at all. Are you with me at all? A little bit? I don't know. <laughs> I like that movie. I, I'm real fussy about the movies I can watch. I've been watching that movie, Julie and Julia. Has anyone seen that? It's like, you know what I'm talking about? That movie's, he loves it. One person, okay, he's my target audience. It's about Julia Child and some blogger and they just, you know, through the time they have this conversation about food and whatever and I don't know, it's pretty cool. But I, I like it because it, 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 it's a movie about two named women who talk about white sauce so it passes the Bechamel test. Okay, whatever. <laughs> they talk about a white sauce that's not a man's. Does that make it funny? Is that even a type? This doesn't work in Portland. It's not working anywhere. So thank you. It's all feedback. Silence is feedback. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try that. I don't know. I, uh, I, st I, did, I didn't always do comedy. Before I did this, I did, I did uh, street. Why is that funny? That's, I take that. That's not supposed. You don't know how this works. Are you really ready for me to be done? Like, I don't know. Wow. Heckled by laughter. I didn't think that was possible. Like, it wasn't even, like, mocking laughter. It was just right where you put it was just like, ow. <laughs> wow. I used to be a street performer. That's what I did. I was, like, a busker, and I did street performance. And my signature bit, like, my closer that I do, once I had a big crowd of people, and they were all hot and lathered up like you all are, just, like... <laughs> fucking into it is I'd, I'd eat my hat. I'd just, boom, I'd just eat my hat. And they'd go fucking crazy. And then I'd pass the hat. And then I'd pass the hat. You guys have been great. I didn't know we were taping this. I don't, I don't, I'm not on the internet. Now I'm on the internet. I don't use Facebook. I don't use fucking turn signals. That's none of your concern. You guys have a great night. I just ate it, and they all they lost their fucking minds. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh my god. Um, cool. Wow. I got so high earlier, and I thought it was gonna end, and it didn't, and it's still in my head. That it, can I tell you where my high thought went real quick? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Tony said that he eats his hat, and I was like, oh yeah. Um, 
Science fact, zebras, when they give birth to babies they don't like, they kick them to death before moving on. (laughs) And if you Wikipedia, that's 100% true. That's where my mind went. Um, (laughs) Your next comment coming to stage. Also visiting us from Seattle, also a part of River City Podcast Federation with Sexual Awake and Baking, here for you right now. Get your laugh tracks ready for the very hilarious Maddie Downs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just bringing me up with zebra abortion. I guess sometimes it is a black and white issue. I'm driving home and that was amazing <laughs> we didn't even plan that I wrote that off the top of my head do I put this up here is that where this goes this is good for a podcast right we'll just play a game of where do I put this mic stand I'm gonna put it over here you guys seemed worried it's okay it's gonna be fine I'm nervous I'm drinking coffee but I'm also nervous for other reasons I'm just a nervous person you guys nervous Woo! <laughs> most of you just nervous for me two people leaned back very encouraging <laughs> thank you for your support it's a stupid hobby I picked, isn't it? To be nervous for. Uh, but I realized recently, Adele gets stage fright, so this, to scale, doesn't matter. Adele. Like Queen, like Duchess Adele gets stage fright. Queen Adele, let's get a lemonade out of you, and then we'll <laughs> bump you up a, a level. But I don't know, Arnold Palmer with Adele, what would her thing be? Black Tea with Nothing in It by Adele. She's British. It's a tea joke. (laughs) Stick to your written stuff, kid. I'm getting there. (sighs) Anyway, Adele has stage fright. And I learned this because recently I went to a concert at Key Arena in Seattle. And the girls in front of me, this is how I do all my science experiments. I just listen to other people talk. And I'm like, this is circumstantial evidence. So it's true now. So Adele, at her last concert, they're her like big entrance surprise because it's a concert you get one surprise everyone your name is on the ticket everyone knows you're going to show up so you get to surprise someone one time and then it's just you standing there singing so her big surprise i just spoiled every concert in the world for you her big surprise was there were like boxes on stage and then like as the as people were like milling in stage hands would bring out more boxes and then eventually they'd wheel one out and then the box would fall away and it was adele and i was like that's how you cure stage fright like a cat at the airport. <laughs> drag it up and you put it in a box. You don't tell it where it's going. Why would you <laughs> see what noises arise? It's great. Uh, fun fact, she got locked in that box one time and that's how the song Hello was written. So that's beautiful. <laughs> it's really nice. It's very dumb. Let's see. Uh, sorry, Joanna. I just moved in with my partner. Uh, He is my boyfriend, but I call him my partner because I'm liberal but lazy, so that's like my only contribution. (laughs) Just like ungendered my boo and took a nap. Am I helping us win yet? (laughs) Do we do it? And so I live with my partner. Uh, He has a memory foam mattress. I mean, I love him, but I moved in because I'm a foam digger for sure. (laughs) It's my idea of marrying up, which shows you how I'm doing. He has a mattress. I'll give him that. Uh, oh, you all have beds? All right, Portland. 
Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, I read that study recently that you, when you move in with somebody, you're going to start to look like them. And we, we all, like, obviously, he does laundry and I don't. So in like two weeks, we're going to look very similar because we're about the same size. So, <laughs> uh, but no, it's a thing. Like, if you live with somebody, you look at their face long enough, you're going to start to mirror their facial movements because that's how human empathy works, if it does. <laughs> uh, you know, like if you see someone smile, you will smile and then you'll feel brighter. And then if you see someone frown, you will frown and you will feel sadder. And that's why we don't like leave people behind when they break their legs a long time ago. Um, but in this situation, what's going to happen is that eventually our faces are going to wrinkle in the same places and so our faces are going to turn into the same fucking face. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much cuter, that's nice. So much cuter. My mustache is gonna look awesome. Perfect. You don't know my boyfriend, but it's an appropriate joke. He's got a great mustache. Let's see what else is going off me. I have scoliosis, that's fun, hey. Who doesn't like diseases that sound like pasta? Come on. It's delightful, you know? Like, yes, waiter, I'll have a scoliosis with marinara, please. Okay, the Italian Federation has showed up and are not happy with my joke. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. I'm just happy that like there's some way that I can call myself a curvy woman. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> if I can't have tits, I'll have a spinal deformity. That's fine, whatever. I don't know. I just I have um, I have big chest dreams, <laughs> so. Like I want, I just think I don't know if you guys have thought about this as much as I have, but it sounds very fun to be motorboated. That <laughs> tickling, raspberries, nipple—it's all there. Please don't try this after the show, for God's sake. But I, I just think it sounds like fun. Um, but the problem for—I want to be motorboated. There's no, um, there's no water <laughs> for the for the boat. <laughs> It just like drags along the rocks, <laughs> collecting, you know, mud and twigs and pollution in general. My uh, my chose my closest chance at happiness is to be rowboated. Um, you know, you do one side and the other side and then one side, and it's a lot of work and you're not gonna get anywhere. But aren't we just happy to be in a boat at all? Come on. It's a nice day. <laughs> it's very stupid. Let's see what else. I don't know. I've just been a weird kid my whole life. I don't... Uh, anybody... Um, I, so, not only was I... Um, uh, I've had scoliosis my whole life, so I was like a baby hunchback there for a sec, as opposed to this fully grown, very graceful hunchback you see before you. <laughs> um, so I was like a little weird hunchback kid in like a Catholic school uniform, not in a hot way, just like in a potato in a doily way. Like, that's... <laughs> way more accurate but uh, I also my dad uh, was a prosecuting attorney my whole for my whole childhood so I was also talking about murder all the time so that's cute isn't that adorable just like saunter up to my teacher's desk and tell her things I knew about killing people that's normal right just interrupting silent sustained reading time with a hey did you know that if you plan a murder ahead of time, you get more jail time? What? <laughs> she would just send me back to my desk. Like, that's a thing that eight-year-olds say to other people. <laughs> God bless tired teachers. 
Um, but do you guys ever like? Do you think about that? That like, if you if you plan a murder ahead of time, you get more jail time. Which means if you just do it all spontaneous and quirky, you get less jail time. Good for you. Uh, it's fun to be spontaneous, right? <laughs> so I uh, I told that joke at a comedy club in Seattle recently, and uh, I got off stage. And my best friend said, "Hey, good job, dude. Did you notice that?" Um, uh, unconvicted but certainly suspected Italian murderer Amanda Knox was in the front row? No, I didn't. No. No, I didn't. Hi, Amanda. Hey, it's good to see you. Welcome home. Hi. Great. But she was like, don't worry, dude. You killed it. And I was like, shut up. Shut your mouth. Whip her into a frenzy. I don't know. I, uh, I just, I had a weird upbringing. I try to explain, like, my brother and I, like, you know how you have siblings, but, like, feelings are gross, so you never, like, talk to them your entire childhood. So as adults, you're like, wait, who the fuck are you? You guys all have good relationships with your siblings? Okay, so trust me, it happens. <laughs> um, so we were trying to, like, help each other understand how it felt to be each other growing up. And he was like, I don't think it'd be that weird to be a girl. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I do have some concrete proof, since you are demanding it. Uh, if it's not a little weirder to be a teenage girl, why does every product that uh, is marketed to us secretly encourage us to like not kill ourselves? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? No, yeah, uh, I bought a chocolate for women. Thank you so much for our own candy, by the way. You could just pay us the same, but chocolate's good too. Um, <laughs> and I unwrapped it, and it said breathe. It's good advice, if you think about it. Uh, I bought acne wash in 2006. I opened it up and it told me that I mattered. That's sweet. Plastic bottle to a human girl. Great. Yeah, and if you keep reading, there's like an insert on tampon boxes. There's like a map that's like, don't stick this somewhere wrong and call us, please. The back page of that map is just the lyrics to Wonderwall. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, my name is Maddie. Thank you guys. Bye. Hey, everybody. Randall Lawrence here real quick to let you know that this episode of Control Yourself Recorded Live is brought to you by Audible. Uh, with Audible, you can download pretty much every single fucking book you can think of to your phone, PC, or tablet. Uh, titles Woo! such as, thank you, Posse, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, because C.S. Lewis has a comedy book for some reason. Gumption, Relighting the Torch of Freedom with America's Gutsiest Troublemakers by Nick hey, Offerman. Hey, hefty fucking fee. Uh, and let's explore diabetes with owls by David Sedaris. You guys can get those books plus more. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash control, you get a free 30 day subscription and a free book. That's going to be on the house or on Joe or on me. I don't really care who you consider it's from, but posse will give it to you. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash control. Check that out, but not before you finish this episode of control yourself recorded live one more time. Audibletrial.com forward slash control. Now enjoy a word from one of our fellow, uh, River City Podcast Federation hosts, and then the rest of Control Yourself Recorded Live. We come from America. America. Hey. You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um. Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And we want you to listen to our new podcast called Chumba. And Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest name podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band yeah it's it's me and Rios two Portland comedians two very close friends uh, giving each other shit mostly 
talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like and it's a good time we hope you check it out now please get back we'll be on the river city podcast federation.com network get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to hopefully it's not room of retirement because caitlin warehouser is a poop butt thank you Um, if you're wondering about this banner behind me, it's the River City Podcast Federation, which is where you can find um, our recorded shows, um, Control Yourself. So hit that and all of these other podcasts all underneath. They're all Portland-based. They're really great. So go check out Natalie's and Maddie's and stuff. Okay, cool. You guys, we got three more comics on this bill. Are you in this to win this? Woo! Dope. All right. All right. Step it up. Here we are. Your next comic coming to the stage. So fucking funny. Crushes it all around time. One of my absolute motherfucking favorites. You can see him every first Wednesday of the month. Uh, second, whatever. A Wednesday of the month at Helium <laughs> for hosting the show The Dirty Dozen and The Roast Battle. He's a fucking treat. You're going to love him just as much as everyone else does. Give a round of applause. The very hilarious Jacob Christopher. Hey, keep it going for Joanne and everybody else. That was funny, the previous comic talking about finding a man with a memory foam mattress. I don't even have a mattress. I sleep on a mattress topper directly on the floor. And I've been sleeping on it for years. Not funny, more sad. Whatever. It's a beautiful day today. I took my girl on a date. We got ramen. Then we went to the OMSI and we saw the Lego exhibit, uh, which was cool. I put it all on my Instagram. Check it out. And then we walked across the Tillicum, that new bridge where the train goes across. Oh, yeah. And then we got accosted, and I got yelled at by a crazy homeless woman right on the other side. It was amazing. <laughs> like, she was perfect. She walked right up to us, excuse me! It's like, what? She's like, is this the type of city where you can leave your bag without it getting stolen? And I said, no, because it's a city. You don't do that. I'm just like, don't leave your shit. She said, oh, yeah, how many times have you had your bag stolen? And I was like, never. She said, yeah, that's what I thought, stupid. Don't touch my stuff. And she just walked away. <laughs> and then I laughed, and we walked across the bridge to back to my car. But it's like, if she, had, she was clearly disheveled, dragging a you know, bunch of empty bags full of bags <laughs> with her, just like garbage... So, you know, it's a lab. But what if she had been, like, all proper and trimmed, just like a normal, uptight civilian? I would have felt bad that I lied to her, because I haven't had a bag stolen, so I, don't, I can't say. I lied to a homeless person. I don't really feel bad about it. I don't really have a point, but uh, fuck it. Don't you hate it when you're in a public restroom and you're just trying to do a line of coke off some stranger's dick, but they won't stop moving because they're ticklish? <laughs> right? That more relatable? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently. Y'all ever get so fucked up one night, the next morning you wake up and drive to work, and then when you get there, you realize you haven't worked at that job for over three years. <laughs> now you're sitting alone in the fucking parking lot of Home Depot in Beaverton at 745. Have a button-up shirt on. I'm all happy to be there. <coughs> Very specific reference because it's true. 
man. <laughs> Sucks. Fucking Beaverton at 745. But, hey, silver lining. They got like five Goodwills out there. You hit them all up. Don't find anything, but it's the thrill of the hunt. Am I right, people? Y'all about that Goodwill life? Found some good shit. You asked my girlfriend. We went like three Goodwills this week. That's what I take her on dates. Basically, it involves Netflix, eating her pussy, and Goodwill. Those are the three keys to a happy relationship. I'm serious. You know what I like to do? I like to make her laugh when I'm in bed. When I'm going down on her, I'll make two sounds. All right, two sounds. I'll either be down there, I'll go, doo, 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 face here, like from Nickelodeon. <laughs> She thinks that's hilarious, right? It's fucking funny. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Or I'll just, at any point, when my mouth is anywhere, I'll just go, boo, 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 boo. It's going to be me by NSYNC. Just that drop. She loves that. Try it. All right, try it. Sex doesn't have to be all serious and, you know, you can be all funny. It's funny. Make them laugh. You know, I try to do dirty talk. It doesn't work. Me, I can't get away, you know, fucking try to, ooh, yeah, girl, I'm going to tear that pussy up. Like, ugh, get the fuck off me, you fucking creep. Like, so it's like, I got to be funny. That's my all I can do. I've tried. Fucking doesn't work. It's like, ugh, sound like you got a pair of scissors. Run. Like, it's not, it's bullshit. I can't get away with being smooth. Try that shit on the internet, trying to meet women. Fuck, I remember, like, I went years without getting laid. And, uh, like, back in the day, when, like, nine years ago, I moved to Portland. I hadn't been touched in a while. And so I was desperate, and I got on the Internet to find women. And this is before OkCupid and Tinder and all this easy shit y'all have. All I had was Craigslist casual encounters. All right? And I used it. And I was one of those creeps at midnight trolling to get laid. And it worked. It fucking worked. I met a girl, I was living in Beaverton, and I drove out to Vancouver and ate this girl's asshole for like 30 minutes. And I did not enjoy it for a fucking second, but I was so desperate. That's, that's real life, people. That's real goddamn life. Tasted like terrible. And it tastes like shit or anything like that. Tastes like I got... Like if you, if you got like a, a grande white mocha at Starbucks, but then let it sit for like a week... Like, that's kind of the taste it gave me. <laughs> Not pleasurable. <laughs> but whatever, hey, it was something. Fucking got me hard. Right? Am I right? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> we've all done things that are not, you know, we've all made, you know, moments we're not proud of, but we shouldn't be ashamed of them, Right? No, that's where you... All right, that's where you get all tight on me. No, you should be ashamed, Jacob. Okay. Well, la-dee-da. Fucking Portland. Bravo for being... Fuck all of you, actually. You know what? I know everybody in here has done something. It's fine. My, I'm I got to move at the end of this month. I'm getting... You know, last four places I've lived at, I've gotten... You know, oh, we're painting. Goodbye. We're tripling the rent. Whatever. Hashtag Portland. So I got to find a place, and I'm going to miss my cat, my roommate's cat. Got this big fluffy cat that's really interactive. You, it'll jump in your lap, and you can roll it around, and it loves feet. It straight up loves, it'll come into my room, and it'll just roll around on my shoes. And when it's not doing that, it goes to my, I'm sitting in my computer, it'll just start nibbling on my toes and licking them, like deep in between the cracks of my toes with it. And it's got, like, cats have a, a small but abrasive tongue. It's not smooth like a human tongue. It's different. My feet look awesome. 
Like, you people pay money to get, like, Asian women to massage their feet and callus removers. You come over to my house and just get on Facebook for 30 minutes. My cat will fix you up. I'm not joking. It's fucking gross. I'm, look, I, I'm not making the cat do it. That's the thing. Like, it's okay if I was, like, grabbing the cat by the head. Suck this. Like, that would be fucking horrible. Be hilarious too, though. At the same time, even if you're like pro, I like cats, but I laugh at that video <laughs> online. But yeah, it's fucking its own. Like, how far do fetishes go in the animal kingdom? Like, we think humans are the only thing. We're not the only ones in defeat. All right, I know that for a fact. You know, like drinking piss. Anyone? No. <laughs> Some people do. Cat animals might. All right, I don't know where I'm going with this. Look. People drink piss, though, on the internet. That's a big thing. You Google piss drinkers, a million goddamn... We've all seen it. All right? We have all seen it on RedTube or UJIS or YouPorn or all the sites we know. By the way, I'm the only comedian with YouPorn credentials. can look me up on YouPorn. Redhead comedian gets naked on stage. It's not worth it. It's gross, but, I mean, still, you can see everything. But piss. People drink piss. All right, you can go on Craigslist tonight and find someone local in Portland that'll go to your house, drink your piss, and leave without even saying a word. (laughs) We're learning. This is fun. I like... What else? (laughs) What else do I like? I like drugs. Love... (laughs) All right. (laughs) Three people, the rest of us, no. (laughs) Fucking alcohol, y'all got... I don't drink. I've never had a drink before. It's crazy. I've smoked crack, a lot of crack, but I've never had alcohol because I had a liver transplant, and they were like, you can't have alcohol. They didn't say anything about crack. So, boom, ages 19 to 21. <laughs> Fucking straight up crack. I got a drum set from the Make-A-Wish Foundation because I had a liver transplant when I was 14. Then when I was 19, I sold that drum set for an eight ball of crack. Yes. All right? Like, so... <laughs> Whatever skeletons in your closet, fuck off. I mean, it's nothing. <laughs> We've all done something, right? Am I? I'm not a role model. I'm not trying to be, but it's just like I'm a regular person. We all okay. <laughs> We're all okay. <laughs> all right. God damn it, y'all fuckers. I uh, I'll tell you this. This is a great. I had three liver transplants when I was 14. And uh, so, I, and I was like, I had to. Share, I was in the hospital for like eight months. Like I missed my entire ninth grade year of school, and I had to share the room with a very old, like ninety plus year old senile man with dementia. And he would he would scream randomly every hour, morning and night, just ah, and it was hilarious. <laughs> All right, he was right by my bed. He had a little drawstring curtain, but that didn't cut off the sound. It was fucking a riot. <laughs> <laughs> and like a couple weeks into my liver bullshit, I thought, wouldn't it be funny to play a joke on the doctors and nurses? Wouldn't it be funny to unpeel the heart sensor monitor pad off my chest to make the machine think I'd flatlined and then just scare the doctors into thinking I was dead? Wouldn't that be funny? Okay, no. All right. <laughs> as an adult, I understand. No, it's not. So do you. But as a kid, I was like, this is funny. So I did it, and I peeled the thing off, and the, the alarms immediately went off. All right, so and I laid in the bed with my Beth, just open-eyed, like death gaze, just like staring blankly, selling the hell out of this, all right? And within like 10 seconds, two nurses bolted into my room, frantic, 
like with eyes full of fear, desperate to save the life of this 14-year-old kid. And I was just playing a joke on him, and I felt really bad about what was happening, but I committed, so I had to follow through. Like, I can't cut it off at this. And, you know, so they scrambled up to my bed. As soon as they, like, actually touched my bed, that's when I, you know, I, I kicked, I went, ah, oh, gotcha, and I literally fired off the handguns. Like, that's what I did to these two grown. They didn't think that was funny. All right, well, here's the funny part of the story, though. All right, because they, you know, they were mad. They left. But then, coincidentally, not even a week later, like five days later, that old man in my room, his heart monitor's alarm started going off, right? But he wasn't faking it. He was literally dying like four feet away from me. <laughs> and it took the nurses... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it took the nurses like 20 minutes to come in the room and check on us, y'all. And he had died... So every morning I wake up and like, how much of that's my fault? Like the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> no real silver lining to that one. I did get the room to myself for the next seven and a half months. That was pretty good. And I got a drum set, which I later sold for an eight ball. So, hey, thank you all very much. Keep it going for Joanne. I feel like I should be in jail, but we're not so sure. <laughs> what? Okay, fuck. You guys, two more comics. You ready? Woo! <laughs> this, okay, my brain. Here we go. Your next comic coming to the stage. Such a treat every time that she's here. Uh, you can see her at Helium Comedy Club, catch her at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival this year. Such a murderer. Give a round of applause for the very hilarious Amanda Arnold. It's funny she called me a murderer um, and somebody brought up... Let's leave it there. Fuck it. Let's just leave it there. Um, and then the other girl brought up Amanda Knox because when I um, very first started working at Harvey's Comedy Club... The club owner, who's just this old guy, he brought me up as Amanda Knox. My name's Amanda Arnold. Um, he brought the whole place was just quiet. I was like, I'm not as hot as her. Um, anyway, just side note. I had the funniest shit happen today, and it's not even a part of my set yet, but I gotta share it. Um, I was at Wendy's on my lunch break. Uh, I have a day job, not bragging. I went to Wendy's, and um, I'm starting the whole 30 tomorrow. You guys, fuck you. Um, so I was at Wendy's and I see this really good looking younger guy he's like I don't know 23, 24 nice haircut dressed nice with two young boys and they're all set at a table and I keep hearing the word God pop up and I'm like it's catching my eye and I'm like you know I'm aware of Amber Alerts so I'm like just keeping an eye out for these kids and uh, I'm like fuck it I'm gonna eat here I wanna check this out so instead of taking my lunch back to work I sat down kinda right next to him where I could see him and the guy was a young pastor and he's like trying to get this kid to talk about God and the kid's clearly not interested and he's like, but we're here to eat Frosties and talk about God. And I was like, that is a statement all on its own. <laughs> and then he asks the kid, he's like, no, I want to know what your opinion is on Jesus and your faith. And the little kid is my fucking idol. The kid looks at him and I swear like he was 25 years old said, you know, I don't know, pastor, I'm not sold on any of that yet. Uh, I still got some thinking to do, and really today I'd like to focus on WrestleMania. <laughs> Fuck yes. 
Dude, I laughed so hard. The pastor looked at me like, fuck you. You're going to burn in hell. I was like, no, this kid's rad. He's awesome. I'd like to focus on WrestleMania today. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I just want to tell new stories. I'm going to just have fun up here. Um, I uh, was in Astoria doing comedy this weekend, not bragging, at a pot dispensary. Those are always fucking great shows. Um, they're so hard, you guys. They're so hard. Drunk people want to laugh. Stoners have questions. Um, <laughs> this, it should, and it, this place, has, they turn off the ventilation because it's too loud. Have you guys been in a pot, like, cafe? They turn off the ventilation while they do dabs because it's too loud. So you get high when you get there because that's what you do. But then if you're closing out the show, you have to sit in this pot place where they have butcher paper over all the windows because it's Astoria and it's like a strip club. Like, they got it. You can't see in there. And it, everybody's just taking dabs. And it is like a, it's like a rave. There's just nothing but smoke in there. There's one guy in the center of the room, and he like probably didn't enunciate well when he was sober, but this guy had been drinking at the Mexican restaurant upstairs. This place is super classy. And he had, I watched him take probably, not exaggerating, 15 dabs, and he wanted to participate during the whole show. He just kept talking and talking and talking. Finally, one of the comedians was like, hey, what's your name? And he's like, Dale. Fuck yeah, it is. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> so I'm watching, and Dale gets up, and the comic on stage, he's really green. He hasn't worked a lot of places. He didn't have any chops to fuck with him, but he was going to try. And the guy gets up to go out the door, and he's like, hey, Dale, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to go upstairs and get a beer. We're like, okay, and he pulls out money. And this isn't a joke. I just want to fucking tell you guys this story, so sorry, it's all quiet. But he pulls out money out of his pocket, and somebody had just brought the comedian a new beer and sat it on the table next to him. And he's like, I'm going to go upstairs and buy a beer, buy you beer? And he's like, yeah, dude, you can buy me a beer. And he pulls out a five out of his pocket, but he's not going towards the door. He's walking towards the stage. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on right now? He's like, I'm going to buy you beer. Buy you beer? Walking up. I mean, this guy is super backwoods. And he goes up smooth as shit, and he puts the five on the table and grabs the comedian's beer and walks out. <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. And I was high. I get that. And it will never. I will never be able to portray with words how fucking funny it was but if i if a cop asked me to explain this guy i'd be like he was cooler in the other side of the pillow like he was just <laughs> the coolest guy ever he was like the drunk uncle at a like at thanksgiving he was awesome dale we're dating now <laughs> summer's coming um i like to raft you guys you guys go rafting do shoots clackmas all that shit bring out all your fat issues <laughs> be like um one time i went rafting at a lake and uh, I'm in a little dinghy. Like, I'm just floating in the middle of the lake. And here comes the fucking forest patrol guy in the big boat. Brrr, pulls up. And he's like, ma'am, I need you to have a life jacket on while you're in that floaty. He called it a floaty. <laughs> Mind you, there are people swimming all around me with no life jackets on. And I was like, but I'm in a boat. And he's like, yeah, if you're in a boat, you have to have on a life jacket. And I was like, but the people swimming don't have life jackets on. He's like, yeah, because they're not in a boat. And I'm like, do you see what we're talking about here? I was like, do you realize that if I was on a cruise ship, they would throw this at me to save my life? And he gave me a ticket. So I got a ticket for not swimming in a lake but being in something that would save my life. 
So be careful. That's all I'm saying this summer. Be careful, you guys. I fell out of a boat on the Clackamas River one time and hit my head on a rock, which is not funny. But my first thought, if I would have died, my last thought would have been, breaking news, lady in her 30s dies at the river. That was my thought as I was sinking to the bottom of the river. Anyway, fuck you guys. This new stuff. I'm having fun. I want to talk more on stage about how I work for a credit. I worked for a credit card company for ten years. I have a degree in business and marketing. I didn't think I was going to be a comic. Um, and working at the credit card company was crazy. It was before the subprime market crash. I went from making nine thirty-two an hour at Best Buy to making seventy-two thousand dollars my first year at the credit card company. I was twenty-two. I was like, I quit doing laundry and just started buying clothes. Like I just like, <laughs> I thought this is it. I'm rich. This is going to be awesome. They were sending us to Jamaica, the Cayman Islands, and Mexico every six months for being top performers. Like, literally, I felt like I should have been on cribs. I didn't realize we were fucking people, that these people were getting $400,000 home loans that they couldn't afford, and they were giving them $300 credit cards with like a $79 annual fee and 30% interest to help them build their credit. When they gave them, you guys don't, might not understand that, but that's fucking mind-blowing didn't make sense to me then and my friends are like oh my god you work for the devil and I'm like no it's like having a boyfriend that treats me awesome but beats the shit out of my friends this is great I love this job I am super okay with this job I took escalated phone calls for five years I worked there for ten Five years, I took nothing but escalated phone calls. And that's when people would get an outbound collections call. I don't know if you guys know, but if you don't pay your credit card bill, they call you. Oh, show-offs, everybody's on time, I get it. It's cool. But they'll call, and these people are dicks because they hate their job, everybody's mean to them. But the calls that I took were very specific. It was when somebody had been had a customer service rep be so rude to them that they hung up the phone and they're like, no, I'm not done. And they'd call back and be like, I want to talk to your fucking boss. And I wasn't a boss. I was just a girl that was less likely to cry than the girl that answered the phone because, <laughs> because I grew up before it was like everybody was fat in school, right? Like... Like, think about it. All the, Like, when I was, I'm 37, when I went to school, there were like four of us. Now all the kids are fat. Are, are the skinny kids getting picked on now? Are they like, hey, Johnny, you look hungry, buddy. Your parents tweakers? You need some lunch money, Johnny? Like, I want to think that the skinny kids are the ones that are getting fucked with now. That's, that's the way it was. God, I want that joke to hit better. It needs to be written better. It's a fucking great premise. I remember some of the calls that I took, though. I mean, I've been wished to get cancer. I hope you choke on a chicken bone and die. But all those years that I worked at the bank, I knew somebody was going to lose their shit. Because you'd see people get up in their cubicles all the time and fucking throw their headsets and be like, I hate my job. It's not worth the money. But I knew somebody would do us right and lose it to a customer. And it happened. And the customer couldn't have had a better name. It's quiet. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning call center you can hear the hum of the call center I don't know if you guys are working on a call center you can kind of hear that gentle hum of everybody like hating their lives <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear fuck you Mr. Pizza I waived all your fees and I hate my job and I hate you and I don't give a fuck about your credit score Mr. Pizza and I was like no yes yes fuck yes I like hung up on the person I was talking to, noted the account, like client dis- disconnected because I was not going to miss this shit. Standing up like a groundhog out of a hole, being like, where's this shit coming from? 
And then you see the guy stand up and be like, you know what, fucking Mr. Pizza, everybody's gonna die anyway. And I'm like, oh shit, he's got a gun. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be on the news. I can't wait. And then all these managers come out like this guy's a terrorist. They get him off the phone and they're like separating everybody. And right before they grab him, he did the thing that I always wanted, like the one extra step that I wanted. He fucking monitor slammed. Boom! Knocked his monitor off his desk. And I was like, yes, Mr. Pizza. Fuck Mr. Pizza. And my boss is like, sit down. Sit down. I'm like, fuck Mr. Pizza. He's a dick. They gave, the, they gave Mr. Pizza a $500 credit on his account and sent him cookies. What the fuck is that? You know that guy. This was 11 years ago. You know that guy still tells that story. He's like, dude, I pissed off a customer service rep so bad, they sent me fucking cookies, dude. All right, I'm Amanda. Thank you for letting me do this stuff. You guys are great. Dude, she brings up a good point. You, if you complain enough on Twitter, you can get whatever the fuck you want. You can. Uh, Nancy's uh, uh, product where it's like organic yogurt or something. They make cottage cheese. And I went on Twitter and I said, this tastes like stale ass. And then they sent me $5 in the mail. <laughs> Millennials, right? <laughs> you guys ready for your final comic on this rock block? Yeah! Okay. Slowly approaching the stage, even though I give very long intros. <laughs> Next comic, such a dear friend, personally and professionally, and kills it everywhere he goes. I get his album, Tiny Idiot, on, on Amazon? iTunes? Whatever, yeah. Sure, it's out there. Google it. It's on there. Great pins, too. Get some merch from this motherfucker. Uh, maybe see him at Bridgetown Comedy Festival, San Francisco Sketch Fest, fucking all over the place. You guys, he's here for you right now. Give a warm welcome for... That's yours now. <laughs> that was this mic welcoming you. Give a warm welcome for the very hilarious, my dear friend, Derek Sheen! <laughs> Oh, Joanne Shinderly, what a fun show! Ah, Portland, Oregon! Oh, who gives a shit? Uh, you fucking guys. Last night, last night, I, I, I've been doing this joke where I've been talking about how I got called out on stage. And it, it's a real story, but I've been talking about it where I got called out by someone for doing a joke about cannibalism because I didn't know it was a hot-button topic that we weren't supposed to be joking about, and everyone's so fucking uptight that I made this joke about... I made the joke... The, the, the premise was like, oh, if you want to eat human meat, you could probably make that happen in Tokyo, because that seems like the kind of city that would have an underground human meat supper club. Uh, you, fuck you, you know Tokyo is broken, right? Their entire economy is just, like, tentacle porn-based. There's no reason... that You can buy people's underpants in a vending machine... Tokyo has a human meat bar. So, you know there's a guy who's like, Shh, hey, fucking keep it down. I know what you're looking for, okay? <sighs> Go to that soup dumpling place. Walk through the dining room, past the kitchen, through the dishwashing station. You'll walk down a maintenance hallway. You'll see a small linen basket 
move that basket and you'll see a tiny red door. Get on your hands and knees. And with your right hand, knock the left side stereo mix of the drum solo from Inagata to Vita. Now, if you do that correctly, you'll be taken in an elevator 12 miles under the Earth's crust and the doors will open on a low ceiling, dimly lit dining hall and the Mater D will escort you over to a gorgeous, hand-blown glass aquarium filled with disgraced Japanese honormen swimming in sake. And then you pick the one you want and they bring out a giant butterfly net and they scoop him up and bring him over to your table on a stainless steel drainage gurney and four-point restraints and then the chef asks you which parts you want and then he cuts those parts out and then they bring you the rest of that human in a giant tinfoil swan to take home and then <laughs> so that's the premise and and i was working through the premise and a true story uh, a person got upset and they they got up and they yelled it they yelled at me this is a real thing a person said uh i can't sit here and listen to you punch down on a marginalized group of indigenous peoples. Cannibals are real people who've been economically displaced by the forestry industry and the only reason you don't know what human meat tastes like is because of your white privilege. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. Uh, and my only comeback was fuck you. That was the only thing I think to say, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, first off, fuck you for saying they're indigenous. That's racist as shit. What do you think, all cannibals live in the jungle, you dumb racist? I was talking about Tokyo. It was clearly a metaphor for Germany. Now, so I'm making this joke. I'm making, I, I'm telling the story last night. And uh, I go through it, and I, I think this is how I start to set. I'm like, okay, so we all understand. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fat progressive. Let's move on to the next thing. And then I start talking about how shitty tornadoes are. And a woman, unprovoked, unprovoked, not even ironically, she's drunk and she's mad. And I start talking about how tornadoes uh, uh, always attack the best places uh, where no one should fucking live because we already know that tornadoes are there. Like if you live in a place where tornadoes happen. You're not a victim anymore. Fuck you. You know that tornadoes happen there. There's the internet. You can find out that's where tornadoes live. And you move there and you're like, a tornado. Yeah, you, surprise. It's fucking called Tornado Alley and you moved into it. Fuck you, you attention-seeking one-percenter dick. There's no reason why you should be living where mile-high satanic funnel clouds rape the landscape and shit debris a thousand feet in the air while you sit in a fucking studio apartment you built under your apartment so that you can be safe from the one natural disaster you're clearly aware is happening all the time. And this woman is so mad she stands up and goes, this is real, in Portland, she goes, um, I think you're forgetting about the danger of earthquakes. You're actually marginalizing earthquakes. They kill millions of people. And she wasn't joking. I mean, they do kill millions of people. But what kind of all lives matter bullshit is going on in her head that makes her think, I need to stand up for tornadoes. I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb and angry and progressive, 
I heard him make fun of this, and I'm so dumb, I'm waiting for my moment to shine. And tornadoes is where I'm fucking, I'm nailing my feet to the planks on this one. Fucking tornadoes. Don't you shit on tornadoes. They don't kill half as many people as earthquakes. That's what you're for. We need to... First, they came for the earthquakes, and I said nothing, for I was not an earthquake. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stop, look, we're, we're, we live in Portland. It's a bubble. We get it. We're all together. But there's a time when you are so progressive, I want to hit you in the throat with a two-by-four. I, I just... And I, I clearly... Uh, my friends, some of my friends who aren't comedians don't get why I'm so mad about what's happening right now. They don't get that I fucking hate Trump. And they're like, I don't see why you hate him. He's going to be great for you. I mean, aren't you going to get so much material out of this? No. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Hey, everybody. Quick, name one German comedian. Nope. Nobody? Okay, that's what I fucking thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. You guys got your fucking, you got your, your Stalinism and your Nixons confused. We're, we're going to die. Do you realize that no one here, there, there's not like a 1942 comedy boom that happened. There wasn't a whole, the, resisto, the resistance wasn't like, Hitler's coming to power. And what we need to do is form edgy improv and sketch groups in order to resist. We're fucking going to die. Okay. And, and. The whole concept of, of climate change. We have a president that scares me so bad. He's so dumb about science and fact and, and, and everything's fake and, 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 and he, doesn't, he really doesn't believe that climate change is real or man-made. And this makes me angry for one reason. Charles Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson. Are we all on board? Everybody knows who Charles Manson, right? A messianic cult leader, late 60s, early 70s, lived out in Southern California on Spawn Ranch with a whole bunch of his dumb uh, followers, uh, ideologues, uh, ideologues who followed him all the way out to the desert, and then he eventually, uh, because he was uh, charismatic and persuasive, uh, convinced them to try and start race wars and riots because he wanted chaos and hate and murder. Charles Manson, who carved a swastika into his forehead because he wasn't getting enough attention. Charles Manson, who one time prison officials turned his room, as they do in every jail cell, looking for contraband. And what they found was astonishing. Under his mattress, they found that he had been drying his turds so that he could sharpen them into lethal prison shivs that would deliver a dose of sepsis to the victim. Charles Manson also wrote a 20-page thesis entitled Climate Change is Real and Man-Made. And it's the only thing that scares me by Charles Manson. Newsweek published a 20-page essay by him where he was like, I know I'm crazy, but climate change is real and it's the only thing that scares me. That makes Charles Manson more rational than Donald Trump. Can we just make Charles Manson fucking president? I, I, I feel like we could elect him. After what I saw in November, I'm like, all we have to do is tell half the country he knows karate and they'll put him in the fucking White House. Just dumb, rich fucking assholes. And I, everyone in this room, don't lie to me and be like, I don't want to be rich. You do want to be. Everyone thinks you're going to be. You all want to be. I want to fucking be rich. I want to be that kind of rich like... 
where I don't want to be rich where I'm like, I have an airplane or I have a giant Olympus high swimming pool. I want to be that kind of weird rich, you know? We're like, I don't, I don't have sex anymore because I've already done it. It's boring. <laughs> I've already fucked pussy on earth and elsewhere. Here's what I want. I want to watch the last 20 minutes of a Serbian film on a virtual reality headset designed by Elon Musk. And I want to have three frat pledges from the local college work my hips into a room temperature pork shoulder until I come so hard that I'm convinced my spirit discorporated from my body for a second. I want to be that kind of rich. Like, I don't want to be fucking like, I own a building. I want to come inside a half-cooked pork shoulder. That's enough. And I don't, I'm not worried about it because I'm like, I'll get another pork shoulder. I'm excited about that concept. Um, I, uh, I spent Halloween last year. I was on the road a lot, and I got to spend Halloween uh, in New Jersey, which is a city I'd really never been to, and it was exciting uh, because outside of my hotel, the police shot a fucking clown. Shot a clown to death. Someone called the cops, and there was like, there's a creepy clown hanging around, and the cops were like, hey, the clown, and then they just shot a clown. Uh, first off, don't feel sorry for the clown. There's no sad way a clown can die. Do you guys realize that? If you haven't thought about it, try to imagine a clown dying right now in the most awful, brutal way you can, and it's not horrifying. Like, you'll laugh, but you do that laugh. Like, you won't go like, ah, I'm laughing at you. You'll do that laugh where you're like, oh, shit. Like, if you see a clown get sucked into a turbine and just clown confetti shoots out the other end, you're going to be like, oh, oh, shit. They shot a fucking clown to death. And I thought it was, like, I was like, oh, man, they shot that clown. And fuck clowns. Fuck them. Fuck clowns. Nobody likes clowns. And if you like clowns, it's because you're a clown or you have a friend who's a clown. And you don't have the fucking balls to tell them that's a dumb thing. And clowns are failures and alcoholics and they're doughy assholes who suck at mime. And, and, and you have to be... Uh, uh, f fuck clowns. Look, there's no reason. Th this was during the clown scare of 2016 where people were literally saying like there were clowns sneaking around neighborhoods and s skulking around night and they're like, oh my God, I'm so scared of clowns. And your goddamn fear of clowns is fake. It's about as fake as your weird gluten intolerance because it's not an allergy. You just can't stand gluten. That's your problem. It's not a real thing. It's not tangible. You're trying to fit in. I get it, okay? I get it. If you went home tonight... I'm not shaming you if you open your closet door tonight and a clown jumps out and you jump back and shit your pants. You have every right to. That's terrifying. Because it doesn't matter who it was, someone's in your closet. You, there wasn't a clown when you left. You have every right to be like, what the fuck is a clown doing in my house? And the visage, the white face, the red nose, that's all off-putting, but more, it's stranger danger, fight or flight. Grab yourself. Remember what I'm saying right now. If that happens, stop. Plant your feet. Take a breath and realize that clown only has one trick, and that is shocking you. Otherwise, they are a doughy, alcoholic failure at everything else other than being a clown. They suck at juggling. They suck at comedy. They suck at acting. They suck at being a clown. They suck at being a human. They, they're great at carpooling. That's fucking it. <laughs> Fuck clowns. 
And that, that should give you the strength to beat the fuck out of that clown. Take back the night. Kill a clown. If you see a clown walking around your neighborhood, don't fucking call the cops. Do it yourself. Just stand still and gird up, puff out your chest and go, oh, fuck you, clown. And then run after that clown. Just charge him. That clown's going to be like, well, I didn't expect that. And then he's going to try to run, but he can't because he has those dumb shoes on. And then you're going to catch him and you get him on the concrete and you beat the fuck out of that clown. And when he's finally curled in a ball and he's asking you to stop, set him on fire. Set that clown on fire. Did you know that the smoke from one burning clown will repel clowns from your neighborhood for up to 10 to 15 years? Did you know that? Just one clown. Now, if you go home tonight and you open your closet door and there's a ventriloquist dummy on the other side that nobody remembers buying, burn your fucking house to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Touch nothing. Touch nothing. You don't know what's been cursed by this artifact. Ventriloquism is not an art. It is a, it's a, it's a warlock's trick. Uh, it, those are literally the last, the last vestige of dark magic. And you, and you can't... Do, you can't kill a ventriloquist. Did you know that? I've tried. You can't kill them. They come right back to life. You have to kill the head ventriloquist. That's the only way. We have to kill Jeff Dunham. There's only one way out of this nightmare. We have to kill Jeff Dunham. Uh, I had a fucking dope time with you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night.